Hey, what's up, everyone? It's us again, the three brown photos. This is Joaquin. Hi, everyone. This is Charlie. Hi, everyone. This is Alejandro. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Ayan, the makeup mariachi, who, who's going to be joining us for a conversation, um, talking about, you know, just kind of the different experiences. You know, as a community, we all come from different experiences. We all come uh, from different communities and we identify in different ways. And, uh, and one of the communities that we want to make sure is always represented in our conversations is a non-binary community, right? So we invited Ayan to have an open, honest, cool, fun conversation conversation um, about their experience and just kind of help us to understand more each other and kind of grow together as a community and, and and build the collaboratives with each other. So yeah, so welcome Mayan. Thanks welcome. for having me. Hola. How are you doing this uh, Monday morning? You know, better than I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yes. I know us too, right? Like Mondays are always hard to wake up to and stuff and get it Listen, going, I'm a but... morning person. <laughs> yeah. It's like 4.30 in the morning. Oh no, oh, honey, girl. Yeah. No, that, so she I'm also goes to sleep like at 6 p.m. That's but. true. No, okay, see, sometimes like, when the body needs rest, the body needs rest. Okay, so body that's great. That's yes, great. Yes, I was in bed. I was in bed by like 10 p.m. yesterday. Self-care. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, I, I was, yeah. Goals, <laughs> I can't. It was like 2 in the morning and I was like reviewing my sheen like card. And I was like, should I or should I not? Like, but anyway. Getting um, back to Getting back to our conversation. We wanted to invite Ayan and just have a, you know, have a conversation. And, you know, Ayan does a lot of amazing things and is a really really a gem in the community and i think uh -huh. his um their story really needs to be shared and and yeah so welcome mayan and um i was wondering if you could start us off with maybe sharing us um with your definition or your experience of what it means to be a non-binary well hold on to skirt time out can, let's rewind <laughs> let uh, can we let Ayan like introduce themselves a little bit yeah like, of course yes sorry like i was gonna do that anyway i figured but that was like real jump into your definition sorry sorry it's right. Monday. Sure. It's Monday. Yes, right yes, the lecture. No, yes. it's okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ayan. I'm the makeup mariachi, as you have heard. Um, I am a mariachi musician, a makeup artist, an online personality, um, and just like a human, a little, uh, just a girl trying to get by. Yes. You know, that's, that's mostly what I am. Um, but yeah, a lot of the work I do involves educating my community on transness, non-binariness, just kind of like everything that is me. Um, and just kind of bringing representation for queer, brown, Latinx, non-binary, fat, femme folks in the media. That's really, that's really my goal. Um, so getting into it, I'm going to read from my script from my What is Non-Binary Reel. Check yeah. it out on my Instagram. Non-binary is a gender identity and umbrella term that is defined outside of the gender binary. You know, like man and woman. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like my that's, technical definition. That's the definition, definition, right, right, right. And so, I am. What does it mean to you personally? Yeah. Well, non-binary for me is just well, like it's. I mean, I'm very like I like to be technical. So, like binary being you know the man and woman, like that being the spectrum. Non-binary is just like everything inside of that and everything outside of that. If you can imagine that. Um, but for me, it's like just existing. Really, it's just yeah. like not letting gender really be like a factor in my existence yeah and yeah. i think i think that's a um 
that's hard for people to understand because they they don't open themselves up to their own, their own experience, mm-hmm. right? And they don't feel comfortable with their own the way that they manifest with themselves. Um, could you share maybe like what what was the age or what was the time where you started coming to realization like? I'm okay with manifesting myself like this. Uh This is my experience. Like, this is who I am. Yeah. So, it was actually not too long ago, actually. It was, like, in 2018, I think I would say. Um, I went to the California Institute of the Arts, CalArts, for my uh, undergrad. And there I met a lot of non-binary people, a lot of non-binary artists, um, which was very, very... I think just very important for me to like see because it's like I mean representation is like my my gig right yeah and I didn't really have that I guess um, I knew about non-binary people through like the internet and all that but to really like meet and hang out around non-binary people and just you know lots of queer trans people in general was just very eye-opening and it allowed me it gave me permission to be like what if I'm I'm that you know yeah and yeah literally just like through hanging out with them i just was like i was like okay maybe i'm that and i live on campus too so it was like away from my family for like the first time like ever okay so i definitely had like so much space to just like experiment with myself and just be like looking myself in the mirror for like hours on end and just be like like what are you yeah (laughs) you know yeah 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 so that's that's when I really started to be like, I think I'm non-binary and like trans, you know, and not a gay boy like I thought. Um, I guess, let's see, how old was I? Like 22 maybe, you know? And so, and that's that's just me. Like a lot of people think that there's like a certain age where like you're supposed to know too, which is like, you know, there's there's no age for really anything. <laughs> so, so I have a couple of comments. I, yeah. I, I want to comment on something, Joaquin, that you said, you know, um, I think that unfortunately we are all raised to just know the two genders right yeah. that's yeah. what's automatically instilled in everyone like that's yeah. just the way unfortunately it is or has been for a very well long through time. everything right like like systems like exactly. culture mm-hmm. exactly. like you know society and so yeah. i think that mm-hmm. sometimes people have a really hard time with it because it's like wait what there's more than just mm-hmm. man woman like yeah. wait what like that now you're coming at me sideways like that so you're telling me people can just make up whatever and it's not like that right yeah. and it's, right. it's people most, take offense people take yeah, yeah people do yeah. take offense to yeah. it and so it's really one of those things where it's like these are one of those things that systematically we are instilled automatically yes. at birth, birth at yeah. birth right before yeah. birth before in, birth. in, before birth. in, yeah. in, in yeah. yeah these fucking Stop gender, gender reveals, reveals. Yeah. 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 Like, burning like, down our forests right? like, like, like can we just come to terms that like we're humans and we want to exist like give everybody an opportunity mm. to like like reveal themselves how they want to yeah. like you put yeah. so much like I think uh, people don't think about you know in our communities right as Latina mm. folk, like, um, we don't talk about mental health, right? And yeah. and, and we don't yeah. talk about it until it's fucking we're deep in it, right? Mm-hmm. Until, like, until we need help. Yeah, until we like, need help. We and then even back. then you're like, Well, do I really need it? Because like, you know, my mom said that if I go to church or if I talk to my comadre, like I should be good. No, right. right? But it's like, but think about like how at an early age, at like even before a child is born, there's already that pressure of like, yeah. you must be this. Well, the, and then again, the pressure there, and then it goes into school right at school yeah. you're often lined up like boys go over here girls over here or right. like there's certain sections or toys that are yeah boy oh girl adjacent yeah. like you're not allowed 
to have those things. Yeah. And, and then we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like for me growing up, a lot of the things were like I like to play the the quote unquote girl games. Like yeah. I wanted to be yeah. playing Chinese jump rope. I wanted to be jumping right. rope. I wanted to be double dutching. Double like dutching, the yeah. boys were not doing tether that. Tetherball. Don't forget about tether balls. She was, she was the that. queen of tetherball. Right here. That was the iconic. You know. You know, that, that actually brings me back to, like, one, now that I, like, think about it, it's, like, a non-binary experience. Um, <laughs> when I was a little kid, um, I wanted to play jump rope with the girls, right? And that was, like, like as a boy, that was, like, oh, my God, like, even wanting to do that was, like, revolutionary. Yeah. But I went to go ask them, and they were, like, no. And, like, they were mean about it. And yeah. I was, like, they're, like, boys don't jump rope. That, like, I'm trying to reach out to you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that, or they're like, you can only turn the ropes. They won't let you jump. Yeah. They were just like, nar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it, it talks about like how, you know, adults also like need to take into consideration or really be aware about the shade that they say, the shit mm-hmm. that they perpetuate, you know, because you could you could be an ally and you could still be making mistakes, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of the things that, you know, I think is huge is like the usage of pronouns, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, um, you know, taking it back, right? Like, I think we're in... Our, we're in our 30s, right? And 40s. 40s. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm yeah, well, like 41. a day over 40. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn, he just turned 40. I'm okay. 41. I'm not 41. <laughs> but, um, but you know, you know, I think a lot of, I've had this conversation around pronouns with folks who are my age or who are like around my age, and they have such a hard time with it understanding it and you know it is hard but at the same time for me it's like yo girl like where we remember your experience when we remember when you were coming out when you were trying to figure out and when all you could associate was gay or bi Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. you had to pick one, right? Right, and maybe you didn't feel like you were bi, but that's what you had to pick because being gay wasn't safe, right? Right, that was me. That I was, was gonna me. say yeah. for a lot of us, that was the journey, right? At least, and my coming out was like. First, it was like, oh, I'm bi. And then I was like, mm, no. Because right, it's so socially okay. acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. At, at yeah. least a little yeah. bit more yeah. socially yeah. acceptable. Right. So yeah. can you, Ayan, talk to us about the importance of pronouns? Because yeah. like Joaquin says, it's something so simple, but for some people, it's so hard to grasp. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I related a lot to like when you're coming out as gay or bi. Um, just having that concept of like, you know, you, you're assumed to be with like one gender, right? Mm-hmm. Like by yeah. society, by your parents, whatever. And then you have to like you first of all have to like refocus your um, trajectory into being with like a man one day or something, right? And then teach that to everyone else, you know, because yeah. like, people are just like, oh, like you have a girlfriend, and like they can just be like, oh, you have a boyfriend, teaching them to like think that way. It's kind of like the same thing where like you're presenting yourself as something, people assume you to be like he or like she, yeah. and then teaching them to say, you know, I'm actually them or like they or like any other neo pronoun that you may choose. Um, one thing I saw on the internet recently, though, which is really, really cute. Um, it was really funny. I, like, changed it to be cute. Uh, it says, this person was teaching their dad to, like, use their pronouns, and they said, think of me as a swarm of bees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, that's hilarious. But, like, for me, I'm like, think of me as a field of flowers. Oh, you know, it. then you can, like, whenever you think of me, it's like, yeah, it's them, the, them, the flowers, you know, like, yeah. that's me. Um, and that's, I thought that's like really cute. So maybe that's one way that, you know, you can like think about it, but it's just, it's, it is hard. And it's like, it's hard for me too sometimes to like think of myself as like she or like they. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, 
some days I just have to be like, you know, just just do it. Like just yeah. even if you're scared, even if you're even if your voice trembles, like, you know, just to speak your truth. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad they, you brought that up because sorry to cut you off. Um because a lot of people don't understand like the the concept of pronouns mm-hmm. and they see like oh it's one person why am I gonna call them them yeah but what I had to realize because even myself like sometimes I get make, make, like I get confused me confundo you know right. but I have to realize it's not about me it's about yeah. them yeah. however they identify we just have to respect that yeah. like you don't have to yeah. completely understand it it's just what how that's how they identify and like. Now I see pronouns. It's 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 little thing, but it's a huge thing for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I, I keep something that kind of comes to mind, right? Is because I think I thank you for being so honest and open and vulnerable about talking with us about these things. Um, but also like I mean, thinking from a different perspective, right? Is like, what would you say to the folks that are non-binary and be and necessarily don't feel like or want to be that person that has to explain it to everybody or they were because That's you me. said it right. <laughs> Because you said it's hard, and, and and I think as a community we have to be aware of these things. We have to think yeah. through these things of like, yo, like we all carry stuff, mm-hmm. right? And we're trying to define it for ourselves and trying to navigate our own journeys. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's it's you don't want to be that like educator. You don't want to be that like definition giver, right? So you said mm-hmm. that that's you. What what do you mean by that? So that's me. I'm I'm somebody that struggles a lot with like inter personal interactions um especially one-on-ones like that is like it's really hard for me so like if i have to if it's someone that i really care about you know they keep after i like kind of like made it obvious or whatever that i use this pronoun and i'm like you know doing things differently and i'm like they're not getting it it's like really hard for me to be like oh i have to sit them down and like talk about it Mm -hmm. one way that i've found is a lot easier to like communicate these things is through media and through like my social media kind of like platform um and i'm so so like grateful for social media existing because it it allows me to be that person in my own space virtually and then you know create this content that is like very informative and says exactly what i want to say and then i can maybe just like and i i can either like you know show that to them you know or you know be passive aggressive about it or just like use that to like teach myself exactly like the script that i need to follow when i teach someone you know how to use my pronouns how to respect me um, and then, and that's just my way, you know. And yeah. and I used to think there was a way of like doing it, and I just had to be like, you just gotta be strong. You just gotta like tell them, you know, every time. But this is like my way of like, you know, finding it in myself to like come out about it. Yeah, I think it's it's it becomes really difficult. Like, no, you don't want to be the messenger always, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, like, we want people to understand. Yeah. And so, it, yes, it does become, I think it's very tiresome to have to explain, Probably. yes, I'm queer, yes, I'm non-binary, yes, I'm this, this is what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should allow yourself the time to be like, you know what, I don't really feel like explaining this yeah. shit. And I'm not, this is not the space. Yes. It is what and it is. Okay and that's, that. and yeah. it's okay to do And I'm saying, it's okay to give yourself the permission to do that. Yeah. But I think it's, at least for me, I feel like it's... Uh, part of who I am like I in order for me to have people around me that understand like I sometimes have to give that message and I may not always be willing to and I think we've talked about this like for our work we always have to be on and when we're out of work like it's nice to just turn it all off but there's moments where you have to explain certain terminologies whatever it is and you have to turn it right back on again and so yes 
I don't think it should be up to all of us all the time to have to make these explanations yeah. or have to, you know, give that message. But I think it's important to have people in the community, mm. like everyone here yeah. at this table, to be able to disseminate this information. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah. like, listen, this little community of East LA, like where we are right now, mm -hmm. like, it's so small and deprived of yeah. all these things. And, you know, we are these little beacons of light that yeah. pop up throughout the city. And that's what we have to be sometimes. And it, yes, it sucks that we have to like force ourselves to do it. But I think in the end run, we want it to be a safe space for all of, for everyone. Yeah. And you don't want like younger kids who may be discovering, you know, who they are to not feel safe. Because I know for me, like, when I see these young queer kids in like schools and there's so many of them, like abundances of them now. And I'm like, damn, I wish I would have had that. And I'm so yeah. glad that they have this space now. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we have to, in a way I feel that have to kind of pass up down those messages yeah. from generation and allow yeah. the space for them. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think even like be even being real, because remember when we had that conversation with, um, with Ray, you know, and we talked about these things, right? Like at the same time, it's, it's not that safe for young queer trans non-binary kids still, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you see, you see more folks expressing themselves, but are the yeah. houses really safe, right? Yes. Are the are homes the safe? Are the, are the streets safe? Yeah. safe? Yeah. Are there network safe are yeah. they are they safe in in like in their relationships right which you don't talk about mm -hmm. and i think i think like talking right I, i'm glad that we're talking about this the piece of like you know whole carries of like having to define and i think it's so amazing that you're able to define your experience and your gender through all the creative ways that you do and yeah. i want to talk a little bit about that because i think yeah. that's amazing i think you do so much and and you know you, you you're the makeup mariachi right where <laughs> There entails like two big roles. So um, maybe I don't really want to share with us like how did you get into mariachi? Mm. How did it lead into like makeup? what instrument you play? Yes, like, like all the okay, yes. Cause I fucking love mariachi. Like my family comes from mariacheros. Yeah. Um I played in a banda when I was younger, but no you know, yeah, I did. Cool. Yeah, but um, but then like I was But like, I'm no. also inter interested in hearing your story because yeah. mariachi traditionally is very, you know, machismo is very male dominated. Yeah. So, like, talk to us about. Well, that's the that's the, the script whole... we've been given, right? right, right I'm right. sure we like everything in history. Like, our communities have always been there, right? Mm -hmm. And our communities were like sometimes at the forefront of it, right? But mm -hmm. you know, we start talking about colonialism and all that stuff, but it gets deep, right? Yeah. But anyways, back to you, Ayan, and your experience <laughs> of mariachi and makeup. How did yeah. that? Well, well, let me talk about mariachi yes. first, because I think that that one's like the main, I guess, kind of thing for me. Um, I started in high school. Mm. There was a they had a mariachi program at Alexander Hamilton High School okay. in Culver City. Um, and actually, when I joined, I hated mariachi. I had I, actually I didn't grow up with mariachi or anything. Like it was just one of the many things that my parents listened to, you know, with like cumbias and salsa. Okay. Like, oh, there was so much dancing at my house. Um, but you know, I like kind of knew about it, but I was like, you know, in a stage of my life where I didn't like who I was, like Latina or queer or anything really. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of self-loathing that came out of like listening to mariachi, you know, cause it was just so, it's, I think it's one of the genres that is so unapologetically Mexican, you know? Yes, and, yes, and at yes, the time yes. I could not, you know, I could not <laughs> deal with it. I was like, no. And miraculously, um... I would think I was like in 10th or 11th grade and I got placed into marching band. 
for for a class, right? I was originally I had done I play violin, okay. and so I had been doing orchestra the whole my whole like you know educational life. Um, so you've been a musician from the from yeah. The, yes. Music okay, has yes. always been my okay, thing. You know, I always I always sing in the shower. Okay, you know? yes, <laughs> come through come through concerts, shower concerts. <laughs> And so that was those were like my main things, like violin, and I was in the symphony at uh, at my high school, and I guess I wanted to fill up because I had like finished I think my PE credit, and so I needed like another music class. They put me in marching band, but I didn't know how to play any marching band instruments. So I was like to my counselor, I was like, "Yo, uh, what's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, "Oh, okay, well that hmm, that sucks. Um, the only open music class at this period is mariachi." And I was like, ugh. Uh. <laughs> I like, I a couple of my friends that were in orchestra were in mariachi, right? And so I was trying to justify it, like, to the end of the world. I was like, okay, my friends are there. I can play my violin still. I'm pretty sure it looks like easy music. I'm like, I don't have to wear the suit, which is like, <laughs> I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, like, at least I get to play my violin and, like, keep, you know, doing whatever. And so I showed up to the first day begrudgingly. And, you know, they put the music in front of me and they were like, okay, we're playing this this semester. And so we were like playing through it and I was like, all right, this is kind of cute. Like the, the music is simple. Like it's, that's the thing I love too about mariachi is such simple music that just fills up a room, mm -hmm. you know, like you can, you can just do so much with it. And um, I ended up honestly falling in love with it that same day. Like that's amazing. that was, and it was, oh my God, it was life changing. Um, and from there the, I just, you know, started singing more like, you know, in front of people um, I started just learning the mariachi repertoire and I started being kind of like low-key like this the second in command of that mariachi mm -hmm. you know? and, um, I, I feel like I just kind of like naturally just like grow into like leadership roles yeah um, yeah and so you know that's where I saw like kind of like the beginnings of that um, and I think even then I was like a queer mariachi you okay. know which is you know I, I was openly you know gay at that point and I was doing mariachi, and a lot of my friends in that mariachi were actually queer too, which was really fun. One of them was my ex, which we'll not talk about. Oh, um, <laughs> there, girl, that was a whole. Okay, the mariachi drama whole. is good. Right. Let me tell you, you will never have a mariachi without drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I the tea. I mean, I think that's why I personally love mariachi because, like, <laughs> mariachi music is all about the drama, the heartbreak, like, the heartbreak, like the. It comes like, from somewhere. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, and it's and I think it's beautiful because it's like literally are people telling their stories right mm -hmm. and telling it and telling them from like you know from the ranchos to like the ciudad from like you know like to the selvas everything that comes yeah, in Mexico literally. and stuff you know yeah but yeah but so there was some drama there okay uh -huh. uh, so it was cute I would I played a solo with him at some point which was just like <laughs> like that. in the midst of the drama well it was like we had broken up and it was like messy and then you and had, we just had solo? to be together the whole time like oh. in mariachi so it was it was interesting. Like, I, I'm loving it because of the drama. Because uh -huh. it's going to be uh -huh. such a it good novella. Be, like, it's like, girl. like, girl, like, we should hit up on ABC one and be like, we got to start Yes. So it was, it was interesting. Okay. Um, and that's where I, you know, started to, like, go on the stage more and be, like, more of a soloist. And that's okay. where I was like, oh, like, I kind of like this. Yes. Um, I even, at some point, got the mariachi to come with me to do, like, a promposal <gasps> for this guy that I asked out to prom. Um, I honestly, so I, I couldn't, okay, but this is funny because I couldn't even like, I couldn't find anyone to ask to prom. And so I just went to like my friends and I was like, who's gay? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I thought of one dude and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think he would, he would, he wouldn't mind, you know, like being that. 
And so we went and I put like the letters like prom behind their their suits. And so oh. then we played a song and then they turned around and said like prom. Oh, that was super cute. cute. Um, so I was the OG queer my niche. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that wasn't like was throw it throwing down, throwing down. That was like 2012 or like 2013. Okay, yes. So that was cute. Now that I think of it, I'm like, oh my god, that was such a queer my niche. Like, well, I think to me it is because I mean, okay, so because you know I'm thinking you're sharing with us and being open with us right now, and, yeah. and I'm, what what resonates to me that you know before you started talking about this experience you talked about how like you had this like <laughs> like mariachi yes. like this thing right and i kind of want to like what was that about was it because of like where you were growing up or like what was that what was i think everything you know yeah. i mean for me it's just there's always been like a lot of self-loathing you okay. know there's a lot of um just hating what's inside me because i don't know maybe i'm like scared of it mm-hmm. or like scared to embrace it you yeah, know, yeah, which yeah. i think a lot of us are um but I think it's because it's so part of me mm-hmm. and it's so integral and it's so powerful mm-hmm. that like we're scared and we like lo rechazamos. You yeah. know, we don't want to like go into it. But um, how amazing that you were able to flip that, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you were like, oh, damn. Like to me, it seems almost like you were so scared of like diving into that part of you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of like found it and you dove into it and, and then you flourished. flipped it and you yeah. but you flipped it to your own script yes, right yes and and i think that's what the beauty of that story of you sharing like the the queer like proposal mm-hmm. thing it's like look at look at how it's been able to flip and i think that exactly. a lot of people who you know and i'm being very clear right like there's a difference between your sexual experience and your gender experience uh-huh. right and i think sometimes it gets confused in this conversation yeah. you know and i don't know if, if like if that happens to you or if you've kind of had to deal with those conversations of like well this is sexuality and this is gender right yeah. like yeah yeah well i mean it's i mean even for me it's like it was complex like comes yeah. to terms with it um but I, that was like very that was like purely like a uh, and there's also romantic. Right? Yeah, 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 that piece. Uh, yeah. Right? So, like, you know, sexually and romantically, it was like I was gay at that yeah. point, right? Like homosexual. Yeah. Homo romantic. Um, oh my god, I love it. Uh, I know. It's, so, why, why don't you go just, back to the. Because uh, I'm, I'm still interested in the mariachi. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you get, oh god, like, it's... Continue your story and then. Because also, like, the mariachi you're in right now. Right, talk, right, right. Which we'll talk about. <laughs> no, but um, so that was high school, right? That was, yeah, yeah. I think I was there for like two years in the mariachi. Then I went to college. I did other stuff because there was no mariachi in college. Um, I went to Santa Monica Community College. And they started focusing more on vocal jazz and composition. I started writing music, mm-hmm. um, doing like more, just more like other kind of different stuff that I also like, you know? And so that was like six years that I was out of mariachi. Um, but I always had it like in my mind, I did like jazz arrangements of like mariachi tunes cause they were just so meaningful to me. Um, so they never left my, you know, my consciousness. Um, and then I started to hear about this mariachi called Mariachi Arcoiris de Los Angeles, mm-hmm. the Rainbow Mariachi of Los Angeles, who was the first LGBTQ mariachi in the world. And I was like, that's cute. I really like that. I dig with that. <laughs> um, and so they, I, I knew that they were at Club Tempo every Sunday. You know, they've been there since like, they, since they started. Um, that mm-hmm. was like where they started. And I saw their flyers, flyers all the time, and I would even tell my mom, I'd be like, yo, like, there's a gay mariachi, let's go see them, you know? I was even, like, old enough to drink at that point, so I was like, let's go. And she was like, yeah, let's go. Y nunca fuimos. Like, every single weekend, I would think about it, and, like, it wouldn't happen, it wouldn't happen. That happened for, like, two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why, why can't we go? 
Um, but I did end up going seeing, to see them at um, LA Pride two years in a row. Mm. And they were amazing. And it was amazing. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like, they're so cool. And in 2018, I went to go see them at Plum- Plummer Park in West Hollywood. Okay. They were having like a, it was like a West Coast Sounds or something. Like a, they were part of a concert series. And it was like out in the open and it was like, you know, fresh. I went with a friend and they played a nice set. And I was, oh, and around that time, some friends of mine from high school, the very same people I was in the mariachi with, we started to like form our own little mariachi to like revive oh, our passion. Okay, right? yeah, we were mariachi Oaxacali because we were all Oaxacan. <gasps> I love that. Right? Oaxacali. So like the, yes. concept, the concept for that was like, Cali people are always so gangster. Like, we all just... <laughs> yeah. Like, earlier, when you were throwing out your hood, you were like, yeah, that's right. Period. So we were like, we had a vision of like, you know, putting our identity as Oaxacans into like our love for mariachi. So the vision was like, we would have a bunch of like Oaxacan, like traditional songs. We would perform in like um, traditional, like embroidered, you know, garments and stuff. That was like the vision. We never actually got there, but... I still kind of want to revive it one day. Yeah. And so we were like starting to do that. We were starting to like rehearse. We had like two gigs and it was already like kind of crumbling because we were like, we didn't know what to do. And that's when I went to go see Maria Chercoiris. And then I don't know what possessed me or came over me that day, but I went over to the director after their set and I was like, that was, you know, so amazing. Like you guys are amazing. How can I join this group? And he was like, oh, Okay. Um, well, you, everyone's welcome to come to a rehearsal. Um, so you know, just come to rehearsal, and then we'll we'll go from there. I was like, okay. And so I think it was like two weeks or something after that that I went to rehearsal with them, and you know, I just you know gave me music. He gave me stuff to, like sing and play, and you know, it was just like como si estuviera nada más ensayando con ellos, like just rehearsing with them. And I think he saw, you know, my capabilities because yeah. I was a good, I am a good musician. Like I'll, I'll give myself that. Yes, <laughs> um, I can. I can like read any music you put in front of me unless it's like really hard. Um, but he's. I think he saw that, even though I wouldn't have like that much uh, experience in mariachi. And that same night, he asked me to be in it. Okay. Like, he asked me to my car. He was like, "All right, so this is uh, this is how we get work. We get the suits. This is like we rehearse every day. Like, blah blah." blah. And I was like, why is he telling me all this? Like, does that mean I can come to, like, another rehearsal? And he was like, no, honey, you're in the group. <laughs> you're, you've, you've passed, you've made it to Hollywood. Literally, literally I was like, <laughs> So that was crazy. And literally since then, like, it's been a lot of just catching up culturally, mm-hmm. you know, because I wasn't raised on this stuff. I haven't been in it for, like, years. And even the small amount that, that I was in it, it was, like, very, very surface level, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's been... It's been amazing. Like the director Carlos is just really like my mentor in terms That's of that. Amazing. Like he's like the one that is like showing me the world of mariachi, like single handedly. Yeah. Really. Um, and then from there, you know, there was just all these amazing people in that mariachi who are mostly all queer, and we're just like a family. And it's been just such a nice place to like go to every week yeah. to like rehearse and just exist. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing because I think it's like. You know, you tell the story of reconnecting to your roots, right? And, mm-hmm. like, connecting to your, like, Mexicanismo and all that, mm-hmm. right? And then also, like, 
you know, coming to terms with things like, and I think it speaks to where, like, it doesn't matter what age you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just being open and being, you know, giving yourself the space to, like, experience things and coming to terms with, like, who you are and what you experience yeah. are. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. So, that. thank you beautiful. for sharing your story. Because um, I know you're the makeup mariachi. So oh, yes. <laughs> can you tell us when did those two cross? Like, uh-huh. when did they intersect? Like, So, my makeup story is, like, it's actually... I feel like it's in a way longer than my mariachi story because I have always loved makeup, you know? And I think I didn't realize how much I love makeup until I actually started doing makeup, like, full-time, quote-unquote. But, like, since I was a kid, my mom used to sell Mary Kay, right? Okay. Did she have a pink car? No. (laughs) (laughs) I always want to know, like, how do they get that damn car? Like, how much do they have to sell? Like, they must have, like, a network of, like... 15 girls that sell for them or something. I'm like, she didn't, she didn't get that far, but, but. <laughs> it's all a pyramid scheme anyway. <laughs> Girl, that's the tea. Watch us get sued by Mary Kay. Oh, right? <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, yeah. Not <laughs> okay, sorry, yes. So, but uh, she used to sell Mary Kay because it was like very, like, she loves that entrepreneurial kind of stuff. She's always loved yeah. that. Um, and so she was doing that and she would have all her, um, her, her, what is it, her stock, her inventory, just like in a closet somewhere. And I just, I remember from like videos or from like, I don't know, my memory somewhere, I would go into like her makeup and just pull out the shimmeriest shimmer I could find and just like lather it all over my hand and just be like, whoa, like it's so shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she would come and see me and she would start crying because I like ruined her inventory that she was going to sell. <laughs> She'd always tell me, she was like, I would just cry, but like I was happy that you were having fun. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I was like, you should have just right there. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, since since then, I was like, I just love like you know whatever that is, cosmetics or whatever. And when I started being in my like high school years, I would do like makeup looks here and there for like Halloween and like spooky kind of stuff. I have some mm. pictures of me like in like vampire makeup, and mm, it's like like it. living my fantasy. I love it. Um, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like my parents. My parents, first of all, are amazing. Like, they have been some of my biggest supporters in everything I do. Um, but I feel like I was always scared of, like, showing that to them, you know? Just because of, like, all the, like, from the kids that I knew. I was like, oh, my God, what if they're, like, the same? Like, I just yeah. want to, like, blah, blah, blah. And so I wouldn't, like, really go out of my room or, like, do anything outside of, you know, that. So it would just be here and there. When I got to college, I started doing more, like, intricate looks I did like a calavera makeup look one time for Halloween and I was like I'm loving this so much and and then I guess I kind of like stopped for a while until I got to um like uh, art school and that's when I started to have my own space right and I was like you know maybe I'll maybe I will wear some cosmetics um and so I started you know wearing like eyebrow gel and like all these things and I was like this feels nice um and I started watching YouTube videos um, of, like, guys doing makeup. Because that was, like, kind of, like, a thing that was, like, happening mm-hmm. more often. And so I was like, I kind of want to try this. Um, but it was, like, scary. It was, like, terrifying. Because even then, even then, like, I had an idea. Like, a, I had a certain opinion of, like, guys who wear makeup. You know? Okay. Like, like, if I would see them, like, on, like, Tinder or, like, Grindr or something, I'd be like, oh. You know? mm-hmm. like, like, I mean, that's real. That's real. Right? I think some of us have, yeah. It's that disgust that I had, uh, for sure. And so even then, I was like, I was like, maybe I'll just do it in private. I won't show anybody. Um but 
you know, I mean, just knowing me, I had to show people. <laughs> I'm, <just, laughs> I'm gonna keep this to myself. I'm just such a social butterfly, and I hate to admit it sometimes. Um, but like, I just love sharing things with people. And so I started wearing makeup, and girl, I looked crusty at first. <laughs> like, it was I was just like putting makeup on, and it was just like hasta aquí, like way like to my cheek under my like my eyeshadow. Oh my god! And but you gotta start somewhere, you know. And so I just I just looked a mess for a while, um, but I kept practicing, and and then eventually I started wearing it to gigs, you know, to like uh, mariachi rehearsal and to the gigs. And and it was scary because you know I'm just there and like I'm like here like living my fantasy looking fabulous, but you know of course I would get like looks you know yeah. like everywhere, and I would always just be like just drown it out like it's okay you're here to like you know work, um, which is what matters, but it did sometimes I was just like I'm like this is hard like this I don't know if I can like keep doing this, yeah. but something inside me just kept saying like no like you you want to do this why would you stop um so i just kept doing it and i kept practicing and i kept getting better um and i think that's what that's what gave me more strength because looking like i did before like i look back on the pictures and i was like oh yeah i (laughs) you're like you should be proud of where you at right i'm like i would have looked at you funny oh my god but just because you know i just started i was self-taught yeah yeah yeah. um but now you know people are like they're like looking at me but it's like different you know yeah. they're like oh my they're like like gorgeous you can sing you can play like what can't you do and i'm like i know <laughs> yeah i mean and it's true you do so much and i think that one of the other things that i think is cool and you've been talking about it's like you know how you create stuff on social media and you're you're, uh, you're a content creator right and i think that mm-hmm. a lot of folk in our communities like those are things that they aspire to do mm-hmm. or they look forward to and don't feel represented right yeah. or or maybe see representation as in like other queer or nb folk or trans folk but it doesn't necessarily speak to the brown experience yeah. or to the black experience right mm-hmm. and i think that you so eloquently and beautifully and respectfully do that and and you yeah. know what are what are some of your tips or what are some of the things that you suggest for like young folk who might be in a similar experience as yourself mm-hmm. um in wanting to create social media stuff and because i think you talk about that too right of like it's hard you have those moments and and you talk yourself out of it and you support yourself right and a lot of people are in that process of learning that so what would you say to someone well actually can i piggyback your question with like it's i'm gonna stack this question like is there any because you've already mentioned that you know I think you said his name is Carlos. Uh-huh. Okay, so you already mentioned um, them as a mentor. Is there yes. anyone else that you gotcha. see as a mentor, you know, okay. with this? And then, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. then you can stack it along with Joaquin's question. Yeah, so, well, when I was growing up, I mean, in makeup at least, I, I was watching, like, a, the people that were popular at the time who are problematic now, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, Which it is, happens. You know, I, I thank them for what they gave me. And, and anyway... Um, but James Charles was somebody who was very big, you know, and they were the one that like, I was just like really looking to for inspiration, um, just artistically. And, you know, I bought his palette because it was like, it had everything. It was like the rainbow, which I love. I I love rainbows. Mm. And so it was him, um, Jeffree Star, another like, you know, man in makeup. Um, there's Manny MUA. So there was like a lot, a lot of these YouTubers who, Manny MUA was actually, he's Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was actually somebody also that was like, oh, like this, this is possible. <laughs> you know, you can do this. 
Um, but truly, there was nobody that looked like me, mm. you know, like brown, fat, femme, non-binary even. Um, and so I just kind of, that's, that's why that was part of it was like, I don't see myself in this space. And so it's like really hard for me to like exist. Cause I'm like, what is, what am I supposed to like, look like, um, I guess from like a marketing perspective, you know, cause like James Charles, Jeffree Star, many anyway, they had their brands, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, and it's these white men yeah. in makeup. Or yeah. white presenting cause many right. present right. white. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And so. I was like, it's like hard to like visualize that, yeah. you know? How about in your, like, within your non-binary journey? Like, is there mm. someone that you had there who was like someone you could look to as an inspiration? Or like, wow, they're doing this and this is how they're doing it. Yeah. And they're doing it well. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm sure I have some like in my social media list. But, like, off the top of my head, I can't say really, like, I have, like, many. Because, um, like, I just, I really, like, there just really wasn't that many. Because yeah, like, even with those folks that right? you mentioned, like, yeah. I feel like they never really identified as, like, oh, this is, I'm non-binary. No, no, they're all, they're all like, men. You know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So it was, like, so. it, it was, it was, you know, it was... How do you find someone when people haven't even found themselves yeah, in that exactly. space, you know? Yes. So, yeah, so I think that's what yeah. you're saying. It's like you created that space for yourself. And yeah. in that journey, you have to, you also have to be like, oh, shit, like, how do I brand this? Yes. Like, how do I find yes, the yes, space yes. for that? And I think that's important for people to know, right? Because because mm-hmm. people see, like, the YouTube videos, they hear the podcasts and stuff, and they think, like, oh, that's so amazing. It looks easy, but it's not easy, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's steps to it right and things that you have to work out so yeah anyway, yeah. yeah so getting back to your first yeah. question the tips um my well now, and now we're going to get into my marketing and media journey because yes. that is also another whole yes. like, other thing that i've been that i that i love to do um that has also been really hard um but let's see so when i first started doing it i started doing makeup right and i was already in the mariachi and then i wanted to be an influencer i was like i really want to like do this um for like representation and all that stuff that i that i have as my goals um and i think honestly it became like just so glaringly obvious especially with the alliteration like i'm like i could just be the makeup mariachi you know and let's just have that yeah be my thing um because i didn't see it anywhere else and then i could just do that would do with that whatever i wanted to do you know but just that's like a a tagline that's like a story in itself um, and that's really what it is all about for me is is the story you know like what story are you telling with your brand with your marketing um, and how are you connecting to people how are you reaching them with your story and so through that I was just like okay what kind of content am I gonna create what kind of things am I gonna do and it's been mostly like makeup so far um, I still haven't d- dived into uh, my mariachi kind of like side as much yet, or even my music side really. Um, and so that's my next goal right now, currently. But I really focus on my makeup. I really focused on like the brands that I like. I love using Latina-owned brands, Black-owned brands, queer-owned brands, um, especially after James Charles and Jeffree Star show their true colors. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, I was like, okay, we're not buying from them anymore. Um, and so I'm really going to focus more on, like, bringing to light these, like, brands. Because even in makeup, which has been predominantly, like, man-owned, even since the inception of, you know, mm-hmm. cosmetics, it's it's really important to, like, find people that are creating these cosmetics for us that look like us, that are like us. Yeah. 
some and i think that that's why i admire you so much um because you do bring like black owned and latino makeup artists uh to the light yeah um but one thing i wanted to uh Sorry, sorry. I had a thought. Okay, back to it. Oh no, no. So what? Sorry. We just have to. Yeah, we just have to like. So what I was gonna say? Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's back. No, but what I was gonna admire you is just just like how James and and Jeffrey were your inspiration. You're you pave your own way, and so now you're an inspiration for these younger queers that are looking into YouTube. And they see they they feel represented now. Yeah. And so that, that's what I was gonna say. I really admire that about you, uh, yeah. artistically, musically, like just being yourself. Um, and and again, now you're that role model for someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that that's why it was like that's why we really wanted to sit down and, and just invite you and and have you like share space with you because you know I think it's it's important to talk about all the folk that we have in our community and, and call each other into these conversations right like let's stop this culture of calling each other out like we all have stuff yeah. that we deal with we all we are all we're all navigating this journey right mm-hmm. and how do we call each other in to have these conversations so that we can get to know each other get to heal with each other get to support each other get to thrive together right because mm-hmm. there's space for all of us to thrive and to mm-hmm. kind of you know do that and and really have a conversation conversation that was more about like an experience in your journey and and not really sensationalizing it right correct because i think a lot of times when folk want to talk about these experiences or our communities like they get so caught up in the sensationalized part of it and like and it's easy because it's like a tagline it's a, it's a headline yeah you know? like that's how media and news like gets its views and its readers um, and you know that's important. You know that's yeah. important for marketing. That's just you know the capitalist kind of society we live in. But it's important to like dive in deeper. You know, and not only be like, oh, like look at this non-binary mariachi, but be like, here's them telling their story. You yeah. know, give them the space to like really, and like give them permission to like tell their story. Because we're also like for me. I wasn't comfortable even, like, telling my own truth and my story, like, until recently, like, yeah. fully, I think, you know? And so allowing us, giving us the permission to really be, like, tell your story. Like, even if you, even if you like, mess up or whatever, like, just, you know, tell, tell it. People want to hear it. Which brings me to a, a kind of a, a something that happened to me recently. Again, right. again with the like expansion of like just having different genders and opening what that means. Um, you know, kids now have more vocabulary uh-huh. to some of these terms. And recently, I had a um, a family member reach out to me, um, talking to me about one of their kids mm-hmm. and them identifying as. Um, being pansexual mm-hmm. and what that meant and like you know I, and and the, the parents like understand like having being okay with it but not knowing like what like ah, I don't know yeah. what that means like I want to be there I want to support like how so my question to you is like how can we support with people who are coming to terms with who they are, whether they're non-binary or pansexual or whatever they are, like, how can we help support their flourishment? Yeah, well, <clears throat> and that's really important. I like that because that's very much, I think, my parents. You know, they are, 
such loving and accepting creatures. Um, but, you know, like just the reality is they're from Oaxaca. They're from, you know, this really, really small town. And they, you know, migrated up here to Los Angeles and they just have a very limited knowledge of like really just the world even, you know? Mm -hmm. And having us who are kids, like me and my sisters, my, my younger siblings, we're just kids that are just so, we just have a, an appetite for like learning about the world and for like doing stuff. And we really, like we really don't care like what labels or things like define mm -hmm. us. And so having us who are just so like, progressive and modern and just like new world really new age mm. it, there's such a disconnect there sometimes you know in terms of like what do you call this what do you what do you whenever you do that yeah um and so first of all we definitely live in a world where technology is like all around us you mm. know and I, I i can find a pass a less passive aggressive way of saying this but google is there mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yes yeah. like if there's anything that you don't know if you know how to spell it even if you don't it'll autocorrect it for you. for you like just look it up like you really have the resources around you you definitely are listening to this on like a smartphone or like a laptop right now um so i encourage everyone to just look it up and just you know be curious about stuff like that um but if not then for me it's like i have resources ready to like be like oh here's an article on like what it means um or like even you know content creators this is like there's a market for like even uh, uh spanish uh, spanish articles or like spanish um papers or whatever on like queerness non-binariness because there's that's also a very limited um kind of space that yeah. we don't have that much like resource in, in spanish specifically so um, I think that's that's my advice, you know, for like people that want to support is like do the work, but know that it's not really going to take that much work. You know, it's just maybe sometimes a matter of Googling it and just being like, oh, that's what that means. And maybe from there you'll go like somewhere else and be like, OK, well, when, what does that mean? Or, you know, you'll yeah. find people. On the I think. Oh, sorry. And I was going to say, you know, it, it I think it takes. Um, a lot of being comfortable as a parent as well to be yes. able to be like ask and so like for um this person you know they came to me because they're like i love listening to your podcast i love the podcast oh, that you wow. guys do and i just I, I i listen to you you guys on a on a, you know, on a weekly basis oh, and thank you and this is kind of where i'm at right now like mm -hmm. what can you suggest you know you being a queer individual and you know everyone's journey is different and so i was like listen what you're doing right now is perfect like you asking mm -hmm. you questioning mm -hmm. you wanting to know more you saying okay i hear you and i understand but you may not have all the details yeah. and so that in itself is perfect and yeah. so i'm like i want to support that but i'm also like just do the research like you said just yeah. do a little bit of research there's 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 material out there but also again asking questions being open to like okay i get yeah. it like okay like yeah. sometimes it does take time to process things and to like let it click right, but right the fact that they're putting in the work to make it click for themselves and to be a part of their child's you know growing up yeah, essentially right. their life yeah. um is super important yeah so, and i think yeah. that's that's the most important thing is like that desire to know more and to like you know coming from that place of love and like support like wanting to know more because if you don't have that then I can't help you, sis. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's yeah. what a, that's what a lot of our country had, doesn't have, you know, it's just yeah. that desire to know more. They just decide not to know and... And not even like, count hey. it. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think, you know, and we talked a little bit about before we started recording, you know, it, we, you know, 
Charlie, Alex, and myself, we work in public health here in LA County, right? Yeah. Particularly in HIV, STI, um, and anything that really has to do with LGBTQIA plus health. Um, and, you know, one of the conversations that we really, you know, that we've always kind of had in public health is about representation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for so long, it took us, you know, such big fights to start identifying transgender folk in documentation mm -hmm. when it came around HIV testing, STI testing resources and stuff statistics, and statistics anything, anything. Oh, i mean we're research. still we're still in the struggle of like having data for trans non-binary mb folk right like being documented but mm -hmm. you know just you know just being real like now in this generation where we have more definitions of the way people identify right with pansexual and uh, non-binary nb you know all these different terms intersex um mm -hmm. you know I think it's important too that we talk about that the systems needs to start matching these things, yeah, right? Definitely. Like when we start taking H when we do HIV tests, like there needs to be an option that says non-binary and be intersex. When we, you know, when people walk into Kaiser and are getting their general medical care, like there needs to be, it needs to not just be, you know, from a space for LGBTQI issues, but it, yeah. where we make it universal healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I think recently, especially with a lot of folk that I've worked with. We've had this conversation of how important it is to have these things, right? Um, I don't know if you can speak to that, Ayan, or, or or maybe talk about like how important that is to find that representation within those systems, because you know, because I think a lot of folks come to us for resources, right? Like our friends, mm -hmm. social media, like we say, we're always on. Like I always get hit up on Instagram, like Joaquin, do you know where I can get prep? And I'm down, so keep hitting me up. I will connect right. y'all, but. <laughs> But I'm saying sometimes we send folk and it's it's a traumatizing experience, right? right? Like we can tell like uh, you're that example, that person, right? We're like, oh, you can get your child um, support at this place, right? But that place knows nothing about pansexual like activities or pansexual journeys or nothing. And that could be a re-traumatizing experience, right? So I just wanted right. to talk about that. What, what were your thoughts around yeah, that? Yeah, well, I mean... I, for me, I haven't, I, I can't say I have had much experience really like medically as a non-binary person because it's, it is really just like kind of, kind of a recent thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I haven't gone much to the doctor besides like, you know, my physical and then the pandemic hit. And so I really haven't really even come mm -hmm. to the doctor. I need to make an appointment. Um, <laughs> but I've been like seeing like, you know, S, like S, HIV testing. Um, and even, even in COVID testing, I think it's really important to like, have that even just to have the statistic of like how many non-binary people are getting you know treated um because I, I don't know in my mind i feel like the systems think it doesn't matter because what matters is like your genitals and like yeah. what like your biology right yeah. just from a medically kind of like from a medical standpoint um but it's definitely speaks a lot to like how we interact or like how or where we're getting our access to like medical care if it says like, oh, like we're non-binary or we're trans, you know, and maybe seeing that you can, like the medical people can be like, oh, we're not, <laughs> they're dying. Like, yeah, well, we I, I want to go like... back to that because I know you say you don't have that much experience, but I'm just letting you know, you have had a lot of impact. Um, for those of you that don't mm -hmm. know, Ayan is part of the CAB uh, Community Advisory Board for the program I work with, Yaz, um, and you have had a lot of influence. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but so. <laughs> you, as a, as a CAB member, uh, you've kind of helped me change the language to our funders. Oh, wow. Uh, because in our report, um, we just have men, women. 
and mm-hmm. so a lot of the times I don't report the man women part and so there's they only have other and so a lot of times they come up to me it's like what's this other part and it's like mm-hmm. non-binary and even with our funders they're like kind of don't know what to do yeah and so I want you I want to let you know that you have changed wow. um, and because of you we have been pushing that narrative where in our contract is just gay men Mm-hmm. And it's like we don't want to use that language anymore, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's why because of you, we have we changed that language. Like in our flyers, we don't say gay men; we say individuals, or we just you know we include non-binary. And so I just want to thank you for that because wow. I don't know if I've ever, <laughs> I've ever shared that with you. Dude, that's, but be, be, because <laughs> that's of you, we have been able to educate our funders and like you know no tea no shape. But yeah. our funders are they've been there forever; they're a lot older, and right. so they don't always necessarily understand how young folks are identifying now yeah. um but yes you can include that in yeah. your resume yes you yeah. have i mean we literally had that meeting us. on friday we and you talked about we talked about that you know we talked about with like one of the main people here in the la county health department about the importance of like you know using the terminology that community is using to identify themselves yeah. to really capture our experiences mm-hmm. right and i think it takes you know and just starting the conversation here you know and and just like you know encouraging everyone who's listening to us to think about like are the systems that you're engaging with also representative of your experience right mm-hmm. because we don't think like you know we talk about like medical care and stuff but also like when you're looking for mental health support right like mm-hmm. not just going to the therapist that you're say Uranza like pays for because that's what gets you covered because right. maybe that therapist is not gonna know how to support right. you in your journey right mm-hmm. and you know even being like a queer person like going to another queer therapist that might not be it for you like that person yeah. might have no relation to your non-binary to your like right. brown like you know experience that like part, you know that, that, that part, part yes. you know because you know also like we're so quick to like be sold into these systems but you really have to question these systems and yeah. think about how committed they are to you and stuff so anyway yeah. yeah. well I, and I, I, that, that goes to speak to the importance of individuals that like us at this table to be those people right Mm -hmm. to be those queer people to be representatives of the community and to show that like we fucking matter we exist we're here we are gonna take up space the space that we need because we're fucking tired of being put in the back so we deserve to have our needs met yes Yes. and I think that's like for us for the three of us are we gonna start talking about sex is that where no (laughs) (laughs) no for the three of us it was important to have someone that identifies identifies as non-binary because we couldn't do this episode without someone that identifies the same was goes for transgender issue we can't speak because we're we don't identify as that we're gay men um cisgender latinos but again i just want to thank you ayan for sharing your story with us so. yeah thank you for having me i mean before yeah. we before we end this where can our listeners find you um i'm everywhere on the internet as at the makeup mariachi, um, T H E M A. I can't spell. I can't spell my own tag, but I can spell like poker tutorness or something. Looking up, Google it. Google it. Make a mariachi. I love it. Make a mariachi. I'm on YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. So, and before we end, I just want any final thoughts on like. 
Well, I just think y'all are amazing. This is I've had the greatest time. Um, I'm really happy that I have this space to like tell my story and you know just exist. Um, so thank you, and I hope everyone listens to this podcast because these people are amazing. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate yeah. it. And hopefully you can join us again, maybe for another conversation. Yeah. I think there's so much more that we could have sure. covered. Yeah, you said you said sex. I said girl, sex, I girl. Um, yeah, we didn't get into sex, dating. love, relationships dating all that good stuff yeah so So. yeah we would love to have you again you're part of our family thank you so much Mm, for everything and keep thriving because you're fucking doing it and you're an inspiration for sure thank you so much yes alrighty y'all so three brown hotels out thank y'all bye